What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. The NBA season has been suspended indefinitely. Let's walk through how we got here on a truly surreal day in NBA history. Moments before tip-off in a game in Oklahoma City between the Thunder and the Utah Jazz, the head of the Thunder's medical staff reportedly ran out on the court to tell referees the game needed to be postponed. The refs huddled, spoke to both coaches. Shortly thereafter, the game was postponed. The PA announcer inside Chesapeake Energy Arena said, told fans, the game's been postponed. Don't worry. You're all safe. And it begged the question in the moment, are we? That scene, truly surreal scene, was only the beginning. It was later reported that at least one jazz player, center Rudy Gobert, had tested positive for COVID-19, the coronavirus. He was the patient zero for the league, and the implications of his positive tests affect nearly edge of the nearly every edge of the NBA, and obviously plenty of other league adjacent citizens, just people out there. Within about five minutes of the Rudy Gobert news, when his positive test hit the Twitter sphere, the league moved swiftly and called for an indefinite suspension of its regular season. And the league issued the following statement. The NBA announced that a player on the Utah Jazz has preliminarily tested positive for COVID-19. The test result was reported shortly prior to tip-off of tonight's game between the Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder at Chesapeake Energy Arena. At that time, tonight's game was canceled. The affected player was not in the arena. The NBA is suspending gameplay following the conclusion of tonight's schedule of games until further notice. The NBA will use this hiatus to determine the next steps for moving forward in regard to the coronavirus pandemic. This news coming on the heels of the World Health Organization calling the coronavirus a global pandemic. Quite a day for the NBA, for the globe, for everybody. At the time of that statement from the league, though, there was still one game in action, Dallas and Denver. And there was another yet to be played. The Pelicans were in Sacramento to face the Kings. It was about an hour. The the news broke at about 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. And that Kings game was scheduled to start around 7.30. But... Courtney Kirkland, one of the refs who was set to call that game, was the part of the crew for Monday night's game between the Jazz and the Raptors. He had had direct contact with Rudy Gobert earlier this week. So the Pelicans refused to come out of the, out of the court. And eventually, and rightly, the game was called. So while that scene was unfolding in Sacramento, there was still a lot to be sorted out in Oklahoma City. Despite Rudy Gobert not being in the arena on Wednesday, the Jazz and their team personnel and some media members needed to be tested and were held in the building for under quarantine. ESPN's Royce Young reported that Oklahoma City players were not tested and they were sent home. 
So the arena clears out. The PA announcer, after that PA announcer makes a truly strange announcement. And the Jazz, in the visiting locker room, just got to wait. And as of this recording, some five hours after the game was canceled, those same Jazz players and the media members, the the people that follow the Jazz around, beat reporters, have yet to leave the arena. According to Young of ESPN again, as as of about 10 p.m. Pacific time, nurses had finished testing Jazz players and were going to process, hopefully those tests were going to be processed overnight. But as of 10 p.m., when basically when I hit record on this or started to hit record on this, players were just going to stay at the arena because the team wasn't permitted to fly home. And as another uh, sort of tricky part of this, the Jazz were heading home after the game anyway. They'd already checked out of their hotel, so it wasn't like they could get some sort of special quarantine, buy out the rest of the hotel, and make it happen. According to Royce Young, the Jazz are are exploring chartering buses to get the team back to Salt Lake City. But the Jazz aren't the only team who are going to have to be tested for coronavirus and maybe quarantined for an extended period of time. At least some players from teams who played against the Jazz in recent days, that includes the Toronto Raptors, as I mentioned, along with the Detroit Pistons, the Boston Celtics, New York Knicks, and Cleveland Cavaliers, are also being told to to self-quarantine, according to a report from ESPN. So we're talking, you know, a third of the Eastern Conference. Little bit more than that, but a good portion of, of Eastern Conference, a bunch of Eastern Conference teams that the Jazz have played basically are being told you got to self quarantine. Uh, the CDC and the World Health Organization recommended basically a two week, a 14 day quarantine for people who've been exposed to coronavirus. This could be an extended period of time for not just players in the team, but all team personnel around the league. It, this has major, major ripple effects that uh, I think even now, some five, six hours after the news broke, we're, we're still kind of sussing out. The league is still trying to figure out. I, I'm not sure this is the worst case scenario for the league. That's something more dire. And certainly this particular situation is ongoing and developing. But this... But, you know, as I mentioned, like I said, the team dealing with this most directly hasn't even left the arena yet. We're only in you know, step one of thousands. But this was something the league was worried about. Even before this happened, the NBA was spending a lot of time on Wednesday trying to figure out how how to avoid getting here. So in the second segment, I want to flash back, I don't know, 12 hours? And look at how we got here and the, what the league was prepared to do to avoid this exact scenario. All right. So we talked the Rudy Gobert moment that stopped the league. The league is officially on hold because of a positive test for coronavirus. What all that means and the implications will be sorted out. Maybe not cleanly and maybe not 
so easily. But the, but I imagine if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, there will be more news and updates coming. But as of late Wednesday night, this is everything we know, and I want to do my best to catch you up. But I also want to do my best in this segment to kind of turn back the clock a little bit and take you to the distant time ago of Wednesday afternoon. Early on Wednesday, before the Gobert news, before the season was suspended, and before the NBA was scrambling to figure out just how many people were in contact with someone known to have the coronavirus and what the implications of that might mean, the league was crafting solutions to keep this season going. It seems nearly certain to me this afternoon that Thursday's game, when the Blazers were set to host the Memphis Grizzlies, would be played without fans in the arena, with just team personnel, some media members, and another few dozen or so employees that make fanless game days work and function. Several media outlets had reported the that an announcement was likely coming Thursday from the league, from the NBA itself, that fans were going to be held out of arenas. Uh, The Athletic, Sam Amick of The Athletic, reported that the league was also considering postponing games, going with a brief hiatus. But from other reports I read from the Associated Press and also ESPN, that solution didn't seem to have as much traction as just the fanless games. And the league was prepared to go forward with that. Also this afternoon, the NCAA announced that it's going to do precisely that. The men's Division One and women's Division One tournaments will go on without fans over the next month. Elsewhere around the college basketball world, leagues were preparing to have tournaments beginning Thursday without fans in the building. Uh, almost all the uh, tournaments were that were happening on Wednesday, along with you know the NBA games that happened on Wednesday, did have fans there. And various metropolises around the country, notably Seattle, San Francisco, and Cleveland, were issuing some sort of government decrees or recommendations that would limit large gatherings of people. They just didn't want more than 1,000 or 500 or 250 people together, depending on which uh, city you're talking about. And obviously those local decisions were going to have impacts on professional and collegiate sports leagues and the NBA. But let's go back just a little bit further. On Tuesday night at the Moda Center, there were already some precautions in place. There was also over 15,000 fans in the building. And I had this very strong feeling that that would not be the case on Thursday when the Blazers hosted the Grizzlies. I debated this with some of my colleagues and got differing opinions, but by the next day it was clear that it was coming. To, To just sort of give you a sense, on Tuesday... I sat on press row with Jason Quick and I said, there's no way fans are here. And we kind of agreed that they wouldn't be there. But then I ran that by a couple other people, um, maybe names you don't know, so I won't name drop them, but a couple other people who are work in and around Trailblazers media and uh, they weren't so sure. When I talked to Blazers officials, they said it certainly seems like we're heading that direction of fanless games, but they didn't know. But there already have been some things put in place by the Blazers and by the NBA. Basically, the league issued some changes to media access to prevent the close interaction between 
media members and player and team personnel. And all of this was before the Gobert news dropped, well before. This was two days beforehand. Uh, on Tuesday, the Blazers, th- this was a league rule, but the, but I experienced it with the Trailblazers, was that uh, they changed up media access, so they closed off the back hallways in the locker room. There was no pre, you can't walk in the locker room pregame, like there should be a 30, there used to be a 30 minute window pre- um, where you could walk in and talk to players. They completely closed that off. Instead, they did pregame media in a like controlled press conference setting. They closed off the back hallway so you couldn't walk, couldn't walk back in that sort of locker room area just so there were less media members, less people walking walking through where the where the teams were and team personnel are and they generally sort of limited the contact between team personnel and media members. It was a small probably insignificant step in the grand scheme of public health, but it was the first sign that major changes were coming. Then today the bad news came. One of the strangest days in NBA history with these truly surreal scenes playing out in arenas around the league obviously in OKC uh just a just a really one of the oddest nights in the history of pro sports happening there but also in Dallas where the Nuggets and Mavericks were playing a game as the league was basically announcing that it was suspending the season they had to finish out a game And of course, that game that didn't happen in Sacramento, where one team, for health reasons, refused to come out on the court, kind of seems like that game would have gone on as scheduled. There were fans in the stands. The Kings were out there warming up. The only Pelican out on the floor, whoever came out on the floor was Lonzo Ball. The rest of his teammates never came out there. Uh, The league had already, the news had broke, had had been out for an hour and things were, you know, pouring out on Twitter very quickly while this is happening. I don't blame the Pelicans. Like I said, it was the right decision. So the league is looking at what is almost certainly a two-week minimum stoppage. That's going to be your 14 days to quarantine. Almost certainly going to be longer than that. Very, very likely to be longer than just two weeks. I'd say two weeks at a minimum. There's no specifics on this yet. But you can you can book it two weeks on a minimum and likely longer. There's a chance the season is over. There's a chance this is the end of the regular season. There's a chance that they won't resume for the playoffs. We just don't know what's going to happen health-wise. We don't know what's going to happen with this virus. We know that uh, basically all of the sort of health tips I've read is that this social distancing, this distancing, self-quarantining just reduce, reduces contact, reduces the spread. It flattens the curve, if you will. That has to be the move. It's what other communities in uh, Seoul and South Korea and Japan have successfully, or at least more successfully than the U.S. to this point, have implemented. It's what we will do here in this country, hopefully, to mitigate the risks. But there's a chance that this develops in another way. There's um, there's complications. I am not a doctor. I've said this a lot of times when talking about player injuries, and I'll certainly say it here when talking about a, a global pandemic. I, I can read a lot of things. 
I've read a lot of things this evening, this afternoon, but I don't. I am not a health professional. I am not the person you should get your news or opinions from on this exact matter. You'll notice there have been no takes on this podcast. I am trying to give you the cold, hard facts. You can figure out the rest at another source. I encourage you to do that. But there's certainly a chance the NBA season is over. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reports that there's some optimism around the league that the season would resume with an obviously truncated, shortened schedule. But as of now, it's mostly uncertain. Woj also reported that teams are just crushing the league office with questions. Because nobody knows what's going on, what's next, what's happening. This is an unprecedented moment in uh modern world health history, certainly in, in professional sports history, certainly in NBA history. But as of now, it's mostly uncertain. And that uncertainty also lands us here, dear listeners. So I want to close out the show telling you what's up with Locked On Blazers. This is a NBA podcast, after all, and... Uh, Without the NBA, you might be asking, so what happens to you? So that's what I'll answer in the third segment. All right. Still locked on, Blazers. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. We talked all about how we got here with the coronavirus in the NBA, what the league planned to do, how they're those plans were quickly dashed and how they're just in this uncertain space. Well, Lockdown Blazers is kind of in an uncertain space too. But let me make it clear. I'm not going anywhere. We're five hours into this and there's certainly more information on what happened today and what the league is going to do than I could reasonably have covered in a 30-minute podcast. I tried to keep it as succinct and as straightforward as possible and give you the news you needed. But this is an unprecedented moment in the league. And there's going to be a lot that happens. On Thursday morning, we're going to get a lot more news. Over the weekend, things will develop. We'll find out more about the testing that happened to Utah Jazz players. We'll find out what the league is going to do next. We'll kind of see what the rest of the sports world does. There's going to be plenty of basketball news, even without basketball games. It's certainly a bummer. The Blazers' next two games were going to be the, some of their most, perhaps their two most intriguing of the season. Thursday's likely fanless showdown was going to be the Blazers' biggest game of the season. Sunday was going to be the return of Yusuf Nurkic after 355 days away. Now those things are on hold. Perhaps until October? Perhaps until May? Maybe just early April we'll start this thing back up and figure it out. But Lockdown Blazers isn't going anywhere. Still going to do a Mailbag Monday on Monday. Probably hit you with some updates from what happens over the weekend. Don't worry. This 
podcast aims to keep you, the Blazer fan, NBA fan, pass-first point guard enthusiast, informed. And on a lot of occasions, I hope, entertained, too. Today's mostly about information. We'll save entertainment for another date. But I'm still going to do that. So don't worry. This isn't... Even if the NBA season is done, done, done. The podcast ain't done, done, done. We're not going on hiatus. We're not suspending Locked On Blazers. We're going to keep it rolling. Because you deserve to know what's up with your team, even if what's up with your team is they're sitting around waiting for answers. We were good. It seemed like my access to the team was going to be diminished anyways over the next few weeks uh, with the new rules and the way they were, the way sort of for precautionary reasons they were going to change up how media members and and players interacted the things i feel like i've done really do really well is i i try to take you places you couldn't otherwise see that's my goal on this podcast is to take you back into the locker room either with telling you stories of what i see or playing you the sound that i from interviews i conduct and and kind of give you a, a unique perspective something that you're not going to get in other blazer pods that was going to be diminished anyways with the way this was going to happen. So I was going to have to bring you a new version of this podcast regardless. But now we've reached a historic crossroads in the league. What they do next, how they approach it, what that means in sort of a very much larger geopolitical context, which obviously I did not speak on today too much are all fascinating angles. So Lockdown Blazers isn't going anywhere. I'll be here, trying to do my best to keep you up to date on what's going on with your team. But that's going to do it for this one. There's certainly more coming, so keep refreshing that feed. Tell your friends about this podcast. Maybe they can learn something too. Today's a day to get informed. The show's available wherever you already get podcasts. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.